My agent called, he said he got some interest in my script I'm glad I didn't tell him that I never finished it I got my cast of characters and outline for the plot I even got a famous classic case of writer's block Get it out of my head Get it out of my head Welcome to On the Page. This is the podcast that answers all of your questions about the craft and business of screenwriting. My name is Pilar Alessandra, and I'm the instructor and script consultant here at On the Page. Joining me is Lawrence Cruz as podcast producer. How are you, Lawrence? I'm great. It's been Thank a long you, time. Yeah, it's good to see you. So I saw your I saw your wife kind of sneaking out, like she drops you off, and then she's just out of here. She's she's gone. It's like I'm not going to meet Pilar. She's <laughs> gone. Well, she's no, no, that's not it. She would have come, and she will come, but she wanted to go to the gym. This she's morning. so threatened by me. She really is, and and for good reason. Come on, come on now. I think you guys will get on great. Do you think? Yeah, I do. Uh, All right. I really do. Okay. And I'm also sorry about that, that like... I didn't. I didn't hug you when I saw you. I yeah, was I thinking know, about that. I had all this stuff in my hand, but I'm like, I'm just going to give him like a computer hug. It's yeah, going to be really weird. <laughs> I'm sorry. What have I done? It was a. It was a virtual hug. I gave you a virtual okay. hug. Okay. Yeah. Right. And then I hugged David. Just to make you feel bad, right? Our, our it, guest. It worked. Our guest, David Kessler, is it here. Worked. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> our guest, David Kessler, was a guest on. You said like. Podcast episode number 60-something? Between 50 and 65, I believe. And it was June of 2008? Approximately. Yeah. Holy <laughs> moly. Oh, my goodness. For, for those who go way back, David Kessler um, at the time was writing copy for um, posters, for movie posters, and still does that. Yes. Freelance. Um, and he came in and had a lot of wisdom to share about how – you sort of lift up the hook of a movie and translate it to a, a movie poster and how you create tag, taglines mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. And still does, definitely. Yeah, sort of what happens, you know, after the script is completed and then a whole marketing team has to figure out how to sell it and, you know, who to market it to and what the best angle is. Since, since it has been so many years, have there been any changes in that field since since we talked or is it pretty much it's always bottom line uh, there, there's a few less ad agencies doing that kind of work ah there okay was, there was a lot of consolidation and, and uh, yeah that's I, a good I think, word for I it I think there was a shake up around 2008 and 2009 mm-hmm. ah. when the rest of the world also tr- trembled yes yes okay but really as far as what they're looking for to, to blast onto a, a poster these days is it still sort of the hook of the movie is it um, like, has there been a new trend over the years? I think I think it probably follows what has been trending with the studio's, you know, agenda. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, tentpole. Mm-hmm. You know, does it have to fit into 140 characters these days? I don't know. That's a really uh, good you, question. You I, tweetable I, tagging. I don't know. I, that was <laughs> that was that was a whole other department, the social media department. Okay. And but they, you know what? I bet you could look at any tagline on a poster, and it would fit. It, it would be tweetable, <laughs> don't you think? Yeah. If, if the guy's doing his job. You know, it's funny. I don't see as many funny, original, sharp lines as I used to. It seems like they're all a little more generic than they used to be. Mm-hmm. You know, it feels like, this time it's personal, again. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I don't, I don't, like, I remember singing Hell's Kitchen, Hell's Kitchen the, the dude who yells at people as they cook. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, Duh, what's that British a, guy? A look, 
looks that could grill. I was like, oh, that's so great. <laughs> I wish I had written that. <laughs> like banging my head on the steering wheel on the, on the 405. That was so good. <laughs> Tag envy. <laughs> well, well, the reason you're actually here is because, oh, Lawrence, I forgot to tell you, this is our Valentine's episode. It is? Yeah, yeah. Happy Valentine's Day. What day is it? <laughs> I don't know. It's. I, I think this That's is coming out like the win. 10th or something. Okay, all right. Yeah, you better I get did, on it. Your first Valentine's married Day. Valentine's, yeah. man. Wow. Yeah. I have like, I put in orders now. I'm like, heart-shaped box of chocolates. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's what I want. That's it. You know? Wow, that's such a guy. It's the same thing that's going on in the tagline I, world. Just I, <laughs> getting more Just more another box of chocolates. <laughs> <laughs> Again. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I love you too, moi. Um, but, but we've never really done a Valentine's episode. And actually, it was you who emailed and said, are you going to do one? And that's when I was like, Okay, yes, of course we're going to do one because you actually are putting out to the world that you want a writer. Yes. You want a romantic comedy writer. Yes, I do. And this poster I'm looking at actually says romantic comedy writer wanted. Two aspiring producers, that's you, mm-hmm. and your, your buddy, right? Uh, my buddy, uh, his name is David. He worked for the Weinsteins for 15, 16 years. Wow. And so you guys have 12 years of studio experience between you. It's, it's mainly his. Uh, mainly his. <laughs> You're just piggybacking onto that. Exactly. Riding his coattails. Are looking for a rom-com writer or writers to turn a great idea into an amazing finish. Yes. Um, I can explain that. Okay. So tell, tell me about that. Uh, I, I, you know, I've got... I've got this romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. I think you might have read a little bit of it. You might have read a tagline of it. Never, yeah. Tagline doesn't actually say. Maybe they give you treatment. Because I kept going like. What was the tagline? Did you actually finish it? Because you were like, no, I'm there, not gonna write okay, it. Okay, here I'll ex- I'll explain. Okay. I'll, I'll, That's I'll why he's looking for a writer. Uh, yeah. Yes. All right. My this is, this has been kicking around in my apartment, uh, you know, for a, an embarrassing long time. It had a it had a table read for Tim Allen and his people at one time and. Um, you know, I realize like writing is just like, you know, you make a lamp and then you have to smash the lamp to the ground and then like rebuild it with a few pieces and you have to keep doing that again and again and again. Mm-hmm. And I think I've reached the point of my lamp smashing, mm. you know, where I, where what they call in the business, it needs fresh eyes. Oh, mm. okay. Oh, all right, I, I know this. Well, because I, I this really... This is turning into a romantic comedy. I, you're like, you can do I it. I think <laughs> you're just being... Uh, creatively lazy, but okay. No, no, no. I think I've creatively plateaued, and there, there's a difference. Okay. <laughs> All right. I believe you because we also want to give people opportunities out there. So I am going to well, post this. Yeah. Another another thing is I'm really good at the guy part of it. Uh huh. You know, like and and uh, the the female part not so much. Okay. You know. Um, what does Jack Nicholson say about that? In uh, as good as it gets. Oh, what do you yeah. do? Like I just. Imagine, Take away imagine, r- rationality. Yes, like, and just imagine it's a guy. And and, and and it's a little too close to my own experience. It's, it's a romantic comedy based on an old relationship. Uh, but, but I've added romance and comedy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so okay. it's, it's, working, it's working a lot better than the real life equivalent. Oh, sad, man. Sorry. Nick, you can come on up and, and get this. Oh, by the way, Nick, Nick, our intern, is here. And I'm putting him on the computer in case... Uh, uh, we're going to be talking about some romantic comedy movies and stuff might come to mind and it's just good to have somebody Googling for us if we need to. So 500 Days of Summer was heavily personal experience based. Now, so- I can't watch the movie again. Yeah, it's that's, pretty, it's sad. that's a tough movie for yeah, me to watch. me too. That hits a little... That's, that's tough. Yep. Did, weren't you out there... Um, <laughs> 
you have like uh, a, a wild yes. dating plan uh-huh. at I one did. point? Yes. What, what was that? Because I remember advertising it to people and then I'm thinking, this is a bad idea. But what, what well, was uh, <laughs> I was also thinking, you know, four steps ahead. I was thinking, this could be a romantic comedy. And uh, um, didn't you didn't you like advertise that you were going to you were going to give people a fee if they could fix you up y- with yes, a girl? Yes, I did. I did what's called in the business a dating stunt. Okay. Yeah. And how and and how much were you going to give people? Oh, well, I was going to give people my romantic. Uh, no, I was going to give the the economic stimulus. I was going to give them my economic stimulus package of six hundred dollars, and I was turning it into a romantic stimulus package. <laughs> If they could find you a girl. Yes. And then how long would you have had to have dated her in order for them to collect? I think there was a six-month minimum. Okay. Well, that makes sense, yeah. right? No, right. there was all kinds of rules and regulations you had to abide by. Did anybody make money off of this? Uh, no. But <laughs> but I do have a handful of really fantastic stories. Right. <laughs> Weren't you blogging about it for a while? I, I'm sure I did. <laughs> it's, been, it's been years. Right? It, it, that's that's. 400 crazy stories ago. Okay, yeah. got it. Well, here, here's the deal. The, your idea for a romantic comedy episode and what you need and the Valentine's Day stuff made me think about um, some of the structures of romantic comedies. And I thought it would be good to talk about some of these structures, um, at least the way that, that I see it. And then you guys can, uh, you know, please just chime in with any examples that come to mind, any elaboration that com- comes to mind. Here's a little list, okay? And, and Nick, you can look on, too, if you want to. But um, the first structure that came to mind that I think is probably the most popular structure, or I should say the one that everybody thinks is the romantic comedy structure, is the I don't like you, but I love you structure, where a man and woman don't like each other up front, right? We have this really crackly mm-hmm. meeting, but they're forced into some kind of circumstance that causes them to work closely with each other, mm-hmm. and then they eventually bond and fall in love. You've got male. Yeah. To mind. Right. You've got male, the ugly truth, bringing up baby. Then they eventually bond, they fall in love, and then they're torn apart by a misunderstanding at the end of the second act and then they overcome that misunderstanding by proving their love in the third act but the most important thing is they don't like each other and they're forced into a circumstance where they fall in love they have to work closely in some kind of way um, and you know we see that see that all the time mm-hmm. yeah definitely <clears throat> I mean the ugly truth I just sort of like googled Catherine Heigl movies <laughs> and I'm like that was like one of the first one that came up right it's like she and this uh, guys she doesn't like and they're both the godparents of these kids and they have to raise the kid together, right? Oh, right. Right. So it's always that kind of like, it's a forced work situation. Mm-hmm. We have to work together <clears throat> even though we hate each other and then eventually we kiss. The proposal <laughs> also, you put the proposal in another category but it also works in that one too. It does. It definitely does. Um, the the uh, category that I put the proposal in is, I'm going to jump to the bottom of this list here, is the let's make a deal category. So it's let's make a deal, that structure. And this is where two people who are in a platonic relationship make a deal that involves marriage or romance. Hmm. And then they struggle with the conflict of forcing themselves into this role. They eventually bond and fall in love despite themselves. They're forced apart at the end of Act 2. And usually by the third act, the very thing they were trying to accomplish at the start is 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 wait i'm sorry oh no i i I have a i have a typo here i'm sorry so they're forced apart at the end of act two usually by the very thing they were trying to accomplish at the start so like in things like the proposal or friends with benefits or the breakup or life as we know it right 
if they have a great idea, like, hey, uh, let's not have, let's only have sex and not fall in love, then the thing that kind of crushes them at the end of Act Two is the fact that this may have worked a little bit. You know, mm. the fact that now they are in a soulless relationship. So it's usually that's their low point. Mm. And then in the third act, they have to break their own rules to be together. So that's usually. So I saw the proposal there. Right. Let's make a deal. Ned and Stacy also falls into that category. Ned and Stacy. <laughs> Do you remember that Deborah Messing uh, moves in with the blonde guy from Sideways because he's got a rent stabilized apartment in New York uh-huh. and she needs a place to live. Yes. And so she pretends that. They're married because right. he works in advertising and needs a wife for some reason. Yes. So I think let's make a deal sort of different from I don't like you, but I love you because I don't like you, but I love you is we have to work together. I have, I'm forced into a situation, but let's make a deal is always romantic. Gotcha. Green card. Yeah, I was going to say green yeah. card, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, why people do this to each other, I don't know, but it makes a good movie. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know. Um, there's any, there's yeah. any real life versions of this? I don't know. Well, the friends with benefits thing did. That's t- true. You know, that comes the closest. I mean, well, in green card situations, I mean. So oh, that's true too. Green card marriages. Believe me. That's true, and I guess the romantic yeah. version of it is: what if that didn't turn into a massive lawsuit and unwanted children? Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I've heard of sometimes that does turn turn yes, real. That absolutely. turns into a real oh, yeah. thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're sh- shaking your head. Okay, I believe you. No, no, I think I know of one or two people where it was like, yeah, let, yeah, let's just do this, and then like five years later, they got a baby and it's working. And I wonder if Green Card actually like brought more people into the country after the success of that movie. Like suddenly there was this influx of of large, Im- large <laughs> Frenchmen <laughs> with large noses. <laughs> I know the real life equivalent. Uh, Jerry Stahl, who wrote Permanent Midnight, in the book Permanent Midnight, he marries somebody. He's English. He needs a green card. And yeah. I think they end up sort of falling in love and having a baby. But I don't think that works out at the end. But, That's nice. But I think the heroin addiction might have had something to do with that. <laughs> Maybe. But, but that, that is a real life occurrence where I think they. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, some other structures. I'm really plowing through these, so feel free to jump in. You mentioned 500 Days of Summer. Yeah. I see that as the unrequited love mm, yes. structure. Yeah. This yeah. is where a man pursues a woman or a woman pursues a man. Hence the reason neither of us can watch the movie again. <laughs> <laughs> but neither can my wife. I mean, it's just too painful. Wow. Well, well, if you think about 500 Days of Summer, it's really about a breakup, right? Yeah. These kind of things with unrequited love, often what we find out is maybe you shouldn't have pursued it to begin with. Maybe there was another passion that that you should have followed or another person you should have followed. Mm-hmm. So with unrequited love, the man pursues the woman, the woman pursues the man, uh, or a, a woman pursues a man. It's unrequited, though. By the midpoint, he or she actually lands their conquest, usually. Mm-hmm. By the end of Act 2, the low point, they realize they shouldn't have pursued this person to begin with, no. or they should have gone after the person right under their nose, right? I, I have one. Yeah? From, from the 80s. Yeah? Some Kind of Wonderful. Okay. With Mr. Eric Stoltz. Okay. And he falls in love with the girl from... I don't remember it. Oh, do you remember it? I don't remember it. Uh, the, yeah, Eric Stoltz, he's like I this wimpy kid, yet. and he falls in love with uh, <laughs> Miss Amanda Jones or something, and she's the, the girl who plays the mother in Back to the Future. Okay. Um, and, uh, but... The girl who's really in love with him is his butchy best friend, played by Mary Stuart Masterson. Oh, she I was all, she was in everything. Yeah, she was she was a drummer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, of course, that's the person you should actually be with because that's the person really in love with him. I think at him. the end they do end up 
Yeah. That's nice. So it's a kind of a be careful what you wish for kind of movie. Right. That's the tagline for and, all of those. And 500 Days of, of Summer, and, you know, in the third act, usually in these kind of movies, they find out who the right person is and usually end up with them. In 500 Days of Summer, you think you're watching a love story and you're really kind of watching a breakup, but the, the, the fun and games of it is all this unrequited love. You know, will he get her? Won't he get her? And then the, I think the thing that made it a spin was what happens when you do get that person, you know, and the reality yeah, of yeah, that. Yeah. What's yeah. also amazing about the movie, it opens up with that voiceover saying, this is not a love story. Yes. And, like, everybody in the audience goes, yes, it is. Yeah. But it really, it was a twist. It is painful. Mm. Yeah, you definitely. Know? Yes, it is. But, you know, yeah, there's a big twist at the end where you're like, oh, wow, they, that guy was right. You know, Morgan Freeman was right in the beginning. <laughs> It's all a dream. <laughs> and it is, you know, structurally, that movie is all over the place, but I think it's also one of those ones that if you lined them up back to back, you'd have a really strong linear structure that was easily cut upable into mm-hmm. this nonlinear structure. Mm-hmm. Um, I also put for Unrequited Love uh, Bridget Jones. Bridget Jones is an unrequited love story, even though, you know, it's really sort of all about her, right? These little adventures she has. But she is pursuing Hugh Grant through the whole thing and ultimately gets him only to have her heart broken and then find out the guy she really loved was... Um, the yeah. other handsome English the, man. Right. Her. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. What's his name? You know, the you guy who's in everything. everything. That Colin Firth. Colin Firth. Colin Firth. Firth. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Unrequited love there. Um, and, and, oh, also, which Jane Austen story was... Was was that Pride and Prejudice that also Bridget Jones was modeled after? I don't know. I'm asking a table full of guys which, which Jane Austen. Yeah, they, I don't remember. I, I learned long ago that Lawrence does not represent all things okay. English. It took right. me like 100 episodes to get that, but <laughs> finally. Glad, glad you got that. <laughs> the, next, <laughs> the next structure that uh, I was thinking of is, you're perfect for me, where did you go? That's, that's structure. And... Oh. Um, this is where the man and woman meet and they fall in love right away. There's nothing like, oh, I don't like you or I'm forced to be with you or I'm making a deal with you. They fall in love, right? Mm. But then circumstances tear them apart. They spend the movie searching for each other and then they find each other at the end of the second act only to be torn apart again, which is ripping our heart up. And then they overcome those final odds to reunite in the third act. And the movies that came to mind for this were um, Serendipity, Okay. Even three weddings and a funeral, because which three is three weddings like, or four weddings? It's, did I just say? Oh, did I say that wrong? I just don't even this was seven thirty in the morning. Oh, four weddings and a funeral. Yeah, four, I just said right. three weddings and a funeral. But my favorite romantic comedy. <laughs> I think you're all right. I'm an ass. Oh <laughs> I, my god. Four weddings and a funeral. Oh my god. Four weddings and a funeral. The movie's twenty years old. Jeez, don't don't, don't, worry about don't it. beat yourself up. So seriously, something something's happening. <laughs> it is happening to me. But yeah, this was all at seven thirty in the morning. I was it came out at nineteen eighty three. Oh it's my god. Hugh Grant, Andy McDowell. Thanks, man. Anyway, so yeah, yeah four freaking weddings and a funeral. <laughs> if you think about the structure of that, right? Um, Hugh yeah. Grant, again, Hugh Grant's in a lot of these things, isn't he? Um, Hugh Grant uh, hooks up with Andy McDowell, right? right. Like right in the beginning, mm. really. I mean, they totally get each other. Yep. And then kind of keep losing each other through the whole thing. Like mm. he never has that chance with her again. Mm. So even though they're perfect for each other, they're kind of ripped apart by travel and other people. Timing. Yeah, timing is really, really bad 
ultimately sort of get through all that and mature and, and wind up Do together. they keep running into each other at weddings? Is yes. that it? Yeah. yeah okay. th- thankfully, there are four of them and not three of them. So, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Also, of course, there's The Notebook, which is not a romantic comedy. But any any a lot of big romantic dramas follow this. Atonement, right? Um, atonement, kind yes, of, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like again, perfect for each other, then, mm. then thrown apart, you know, and spend the whole movie trying to get back. Just wondering which one Groundhog Day fits into. I know it's kind Ooh. of a, a, a different one, but yeah. uh, okay. speaking of Andy McDowell, yeah. Exactly. Uh, but I, I, uh, I think that's more high concept comedy than romantic yeah. comedy. That happens to have a romance in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's you know, I mean, that's one category I completely left off of this. But some of the best romances that also make us laugh are in the middle of these high concept comedies, right? Mm-hmm. That we, yeah. where there's a big idea, big, okay? <laughs> um, that one, uh, liar, liar. I mean, there's always these big ideas. And then in the course of having to sort of find one's character self through this high concept, they land the girl, mm. you know, or they finally figure out their romantic situation if it's a, yeah, woman, yeah. You know? I, think um, I think I'm writing one of those right now. Yeah, <laughs> I would never set out to write a romantic comedy. I don't think, but good luck. It's, I, it's, I just think it's hard. Man, it is a tough genre. Yeah. Well, which which kind of a movie are you uh, looking for? I remember you compared it to was it like, Meet like, the Parents? Yeah, you're Meet the Parents proposal. I like I like the the tones of those movies. I like when it's a little more based in reality. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't like the magical romantic comedies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, where I go back in time and. Yeah, <laughs> you know she's a lobster, and you know he's got to turn her back from a lobster or something. Uh, you know, he's Hugh chair. Jackman from the seventeenth century. Oh no, I like that one. I, that Paul, that was Paul a good one. I. There are a few that really pull up. That's really tricky. Uh, Enchanted does it beautifully. Oh yeah, it does. You know, but that would work. I think that would work without the magic. Mm-hmm. You know, if she was just a girl who was just incredibly optimistic and had never, you know, she'd grown up in, you know. A hut somewhere, and just was fed romantic comedies. I think it would still work. <laughs> well, I think Meet the Parents. That's. I don't think that's a romantic comedy. Yeah, but you had I, who's mentioned it, who's you in that mentioned one? that as well. I was thinking about that this morning. Yeah, she's not even in the poster. She isn't. That's how much she's not even needed in the movie. Um, you could just cut her out of the movie and just have her say, "You know what? You need to spend a weekend with my parents." That is true. Mm-hmm. That is true, and uh, it, that says a little something about posters. Right, that the posters reflect who this movie is really about. I, I, yeah, I think I think Meet the Parents falls into a cat. I have another category. I call it PVA. Um, uh, Pussy versus the Alpha. Ah, mm, you know. Okay, interesting. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I think I used that in the right context. Yeah, I think you did too. Yeah, um, for a second, I was scared. No, 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 no. Okay, no. no. I, 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 this is this is a four quadrant podcast. I like I like PVA though. Okay, so PVA. It's uh, I also oh here here uh, you call it challenging the alpha. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Mr. Woodcock School of Scoundrels. Okay. You know where you kind of got a wimpy guy, but he's got to impress the alpha guy or maybe overcome him or win his respect that's a whole subgenre. but I think Meet mm. the Parents falls into that um, for romantic let's say that there was more emphasis on the couple and will they stay together as a result yes I also had like a category called family as enemy yes and that would be oh, um, that's on the second page it's the last last one there my big fat Greek wedding falls yeah. into that 
Um, meet the Parents falls into that if you think about at least mm. what's at risk. Absolutely. Um, okay, now is it four Christmases or three Christmases? What I'm now I'm five. I believe. Five no, is I've it five? Not, I've, no, Jesus Christ! I don't know. But uh, yeah. but but the idea here is that the couple thinks they're happy. And then it, that happiness mm. is tested when the family is involved. And a low point happens when they choose family over each other. At some point, this, this happens. Right. Uh, but then they have to find a romance slash family balance at the end. And this can also happen with kids, stepkids, mm. you know. Um, what was that, that movie, the Mumblecore movie that just happened with um, uh, Marissa Tomei and... Uh, oh, Cyrus. Cyrus. Yeah, Cyrus. Cyrus. So that was sort of one of those family it. as enemy movies. You yes. know, he has to overcome this this kid or, mm-hmm. or at least make some kind of peace with yeah. this relationship. Would would any of the Shreks fall into that? Well, I had Shrek. I know, but there's been four Shreks. <laughs> yeah, there has. Oh, yeah, I would say probably when they go to Happily Ever After, the second one. Is I that guess, the second yeah. one? Yeah. Yeah. I, he feels he's not enough for her family, I believe. Yes, Shrek 2, right? I, Wasn't there's it Shrek been two? so many. I like them. I, I have to say I'm a fan of the Shrek movies. I like, am too. I, I guess from just having watched them over <laughs> and over. Um, but for the first Shrek movie, I had it in the category of what am I doing with her structure? The what am I doing with her structure? And this is the second one down. Yes. Um and that knocked up also falls into that category. I think this is where you have your like schlubby guy again, right? Yeah. And it's the schlubby guy gets the attention of a hot girl. The hot girl likes him and hangs out with him like a guy, you know? So the audience is thinking, oh, you know, this is perfect. And he thinks it's too perfect. And his midpoint is that his own lack of self-confidence usually screws it up. He can't believe what he got so much that he actually sabotages it. Mm-hmm. So in act two B, he pushes her away even though she was like, what, what's wrong with you? And then act three, he realizes he screwed up and he fights to get her back and usually grows up in the process. I got a really good one for that. What? Defending your life. Oh, yeah. Meryl Streep is way out of his league. He can't understand why she likes him. Yes. He's conflicted about it the whole movie. Yeah, which I guess is sort of like a way... <laughs> I'm going to say something sexist, but a way that guys can fulfill their fantasies, right? Because, nah, okay, it's, we, it's, we a, it's a guy just like me. He's with the hottest girl, but I'm going to make it human because that guy can't believe he's with her. He's, he's at least going to be a humble guy. <laughs> that, that does happen in real life, that, though. That does, yeah. yeah. Sure. That, that is true. I have seen I have a theory. guy I have, with hot girl a lot. If, if you don't mind sidebarring this, I have a theory why that happens in real life sometimes. Why does it happen? Sometimes I'll see a guy who's... You know, let's say a schlubby guy with a hot girl. He's, right. He's a, he's a um, you know, knocked up guy with Katherine Heigl. Okay. But then I, you know, take that guy aside and go, how did you do, how did you do that? <laughs> what, what happened there? I don't, I don't know. And the guy's like, I know, it's amazing. Uh, sometimes the, it falls into a category I, I like to call trauma bond. Trauma bond. Trauma bond. <laughs> They've gone out once or twice, and his head is on the chopping block. Okay. You know, he's a, she thinks he's a nice guy, but then something tragic happens in her life, like her mom gets cancer, and that's an opportunity for him to kind of jump into hero mode. 
and then they sort of bond over that trauma. Oh, because and actually, it's a, it's a real nice guy coming into your life, like a, a, for the first time, instead of like you know the sexy, cold, mean guy who you know always has his eye on somebody else. It's a, a genuinely nice person, or an or, opportunistic. Or, yes, <laughs> I, I was actually thinking that myself. Going, oh my god, this is my chance. Yeah, I, think I think one of my buddies was like, oh my god, the greatest thing happened. Her mom had cancer, and, oh, and then no. her mom was hit by a bike. Oh, I mean, her brother was hit by a bike. It was just like, oh, I was so in. Perfect Why don't you storm. write that movie? Okay, Trauma Bond by Tra- David Kessler. Trauma Bond. <laughs> I don't think I could market that movie. That's not concept, Look, really. if, if I, I, 50-50 is a little bit, has a little trauma bonding oh, going does. on in that, that right? Does. Wow, that's, that's a great a, movie. That's a great, that's a great example of art imitating life, life it's, imitating it's, art again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I but have, Trauma Bond, yeah. I know I a few Trauma Bonds. one schlubby friend who gets, um, he dates like crazy and he always dates like really beautiful smart girls and I would watch his technique which was basically he would ask them you know I think it's also a good lesson for writers you know so many writers want it to be perfect and have exactly the right timing you know and meanwhile some overly confident idiot is going in and just getting your writing gig because they were brave enough to do it and I watched this guy who would just go right over to the hottest girl at the party, just start talking her up, and before she knew it, she was going out with him because he asked her. Whoa. Whereas all these people were kind of, other people were circling and waiting right. for their moment. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there's that guy, too. Okay, here's a question. Do, do those end up being long-term, those... Long enough? Really? <laughs> I mean, come on. Wow, okay. You know? I mean, from a guy's point of view, really, how long does this need to be? If you're wow. going to collect beautiful girls, Welcome to you. the Valentine's Day podcast, everybody. <laughs> how long does that mean? <laughs> get in and get out. It's good we have a woman's voice yeah. at, on this podcast. Meanwhile, I'm the girl. I, I don't know. I don't know about that. We'll announce the local STD clinic line at the end. Um, I think I want to wait, Pilar. <laughs> Um, I think I have another. Okay. Oh, here's, here's, I think the last. Oh, no, no, I've got a couple. Um, one is, uh, I never met you, but you're the one structure, that structure. Oh. And this is, uh, Sleepless in Seattle falls into this. Crazy Stupid Love falls into How this. How does Crazy Stupid Love fall into it? Well, it, this structure is two people who don't really know each other or don't know each other that well, sort of ships passing in the night. Okay, they pursue separate story goals that don't involve love with each other, don't involve a relationship with each other. They keep bumping into each other, but they're rarely on each other's radar. Oh, okay. Eventually, they become aware of the other, but it's the audience that's actually sort of forming that love story in our head. And then by the end of Act Two, they're in close proximity, but there's a near miss, and then they lose each other again. Like it just basically keeps stressing the audience out. And then finally, Act Three brings them together with you know uh, a fortuitous circumstance. Mm. So Crazy Stupid Love does that. The Ryan Gosling yes subplot because you kind of think that even though he's bumped into the girl of his dreams once, and she's he's on her radar maybe twice she's pursuing something with her own boyfriend he's pursuing a completely different story with with Steve Carell and then ultimately something happens at the end because I don't want to give it away that sort of brings them together so it's the same this is a structure of some Sleepless in Seattle is like one of again one of my favorite romantic comedies it's so romantic but they're never together for the entire movie Mm. until the very end you know yeah 
Uh, again, sidebar for the sure. for the uh, crazy stupid love. The Ryan Gosling Steve Carell thing falls under my PVA. Oh yeah, you're right. Challenging the alpha, impressing the alpha, being mentored by the alpha. Oh, absolutely. Now, would this would that would be sort of a category of bromance, right? Yes. Okay, so how you know the 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 hijacked romantic comedy by the guys where we have the b- bromance? Yeah. Will these friends have stay friends? Will these guys become friends? Will the teacher mentor relationship work, and will it split up? Yeah. That's. So you've got PVA for that. There's probably a, a lot you, of man. yeah, a lot of subcategories for that. Yeah, I, I loved I love you, man. Um, I think I'm going to come back in the next life as like Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> I really do. I think I'm going to like live in a trailer by the beach and just like surf and like pick up chicks or something. I, I, I think there's. I, 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 I'd like to say to all the women listening, there's only like three of those guys out here in L. A. <laughs> Like, I think that's ama- – like, I live on the west side. I live in Santa Monica. I see, like, one of those guys once a year. You know, the, your George Clooney types are really far, far, far between. In fact, I heard – I heard I read an article about this. Casting ca- casting people in Hollywood were having a hard time finding American buff alpha-ish guys. Really? And they were looking to uh, – Australians and <laughs> oh, um, New Zealanders and Englishmen like <laughs> Hugh Jackman and Sa- uh, Sam uh, Worthington, yeah, they, and the guy in Thor. Like they were, they couldn't find American guys mm-hmm. who had that old sort of model. Really? Yeah. What's yeah. going on? People just reading too? Oh I, no, they're I, on Facebook too much. I, and they're I, on their computers I, too much. Well, <laughs> and I think well, guys are you know turning into you know. Girls a little bit, yeah, you it's know. A bit of a wimpy time. Yeah, I mean, American like the post Alan Alda, you know. Oh, I don't know. There's been that theory for years. You know what I mean? I don't know. Guy, uh, guys are still guys. I teach a lot of them. Okay, <laughs> all right. But there are a lot of Paul Rudd, Ben Stillery guys out that's there. That's true. That's, I, t- I teach a lot that, of those too. Yeah. You know, and uh, what's uh, Justin Long? I mean, that's a, that's a new kind of genre of guy. But fortunately, to be honest with you, this is Valentine's Day, and, and you do believe in relationships. Mm-hmm. Those are the guys we all want to marry. Women want to marry the Paul Rudds. They really don't want to marry the Matthew McConaughey's. They may have fun with that for a while, but they want to marry Paul Rudd. I married Paul Rudd, okay. so I know that. Okay. <laughs> I, I might be the exception to that rule. <laughs> <laughs> no, they do. They want somebody who's, like, funny. Okay, funny is the, the top. And smart. And uh, the funny is so that we can stay entertained, you know, because you, you want to be entertained for the rest of your life. <laughs> we know you might lose your looks. We know that. That's something we know that you guys don't know, right? We know that, so at least we'll be entertained when the looks are gone. We'll still be laughing. At you. <laughs> wow. wow, he's only married how long now? He's already there. Well, like oh four months. God. Wow, jeez. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Okay, so another structure. Uh, I think this might be the last one, is the big plan. And this is a person or a group of people set out to find a husband or get laid using a specific method. Mm. Okay, And then Act 2A is the fun and games of watching the plan in action. 
act to be uh, that person or group of people falls in love and wants more suddenly than their original superficial desires. And act three, they have to earn the object of their affection by convincing them they've changed, that their gimmick is over. And I think Wedding Crashers falls into that. Yeah, okay, sure. the big plan. Gentlemen prefer blondes uh, falls into that. He's just not that into you, believe it or not, falls into that. Because once she finds out that there's this this notion that guys might not be into her she sets out to like sort of date with that strategy in mind hmm. um, so and I think that's also where high concept can come in really really well you know a bunch of guys try to get laid so they do blank you know okay big high concept bonding movie with some some romance right. I have a question does the, the sort of the bet uh-huh. The, uh, the yes. challenge yes. to sort of fall into that sort of subcategory, and, and where like deception plays the biggest part. Yes, you know, like th- how to you know alienate an audience in th- thirty days, or how to lose a guy in thirty yeah. days or less. You Absolutely, know, the challenge. Absolutely. I bet you I can turn him into a doctor in sixty days. Yes, uh, Will the Will Smith uh, Hitch that Hitch. movie, right? Which also goes with your PV that one. PVA. <laughs> yeah. yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and but it's it's talk about a poster, right? Because the poster can reflect the big idea of how do you land somebody, and then the sort of the softer idea of what happens if you fall in love comes through in the actual movie and makes it deeper, supposedly. Yeah, I don't think I did. I did I skip any? I don't know. No, I don't think so. Okay, so we have I don't like you, but I love you. Unrequited love. You're perfect for me. Where did you go? Let's make a deal. I never met you, but you're the one. What am I doing with her? The big plan and family as enemy. Great. Those are fun. Billy Murnett, eat your heart out. <laughs> no, I'm just, I know. I was thinking, I'm just, I'm I, I was thinking this might be your next book. <laughs> I might just do something with it. Uh, when, when given a deadline at 7.30 in the morning to come up with a Valentine's episode. Here we go. Do you know what the challenge, the challenge of all these is? Is to... Buck the cliches yes. that has been to make, put fresh spins on all these. I think is the greatest cliche. You know, Absolutely. no more running at the air for the airport right. at the end, or right. or the really like sassy gay best friend. Yes, like all these things are just so terribly played out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you're going to follow one of these structures, these are just structures, right? These right. are just sort of like ways to sort of point you to the next area of your script but that doesn't mean that what they do in the process has to be tired something we've seen a million times yeah so is your movie uh does it fit into this family as enemy category uh you want, you want no that's a good question where does my you said it's like meet the parents fall, fall is that just tonally? just tonally yeah okay yeah right. tonally uh, where does mine fall in um a little bit of a little bit of a big plan yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's big plan means big money. <laughs> wow, I like that. <laughs> you do sound like a marketer. <laughs> um, I guess unrequited love a little bit. Um, it deals with a, a very uh, powerful alpha-ish woman. Okay. You know, kind of like the woman in the proposal, mm-hmm. but but with not as mean. <laughs> You know, because there are powerful women who yes. are who are not mean, right? You know that that they run their own business and they're very ambitious and driven and successful, and you know might consider themselves a challenge. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. That person sounds great. I would hang out with her any day. What? Um, <laughs> no, they're they're great women, but you know, uh, I think they might have their own romantic challenges. Well, I think in a movie, right. and I. Th- I've, 
talked about this before in a movie and in real life. Women like that have to have a sense of humor mm. in order to be quote likable. So so you can have all those things, but if they are too earnest, yeah. then that becomes the turnoff. So it's not the power that's the turnoff. Yeah. It's the lack of humor about life or themselves. Hmm. And that's what we love about guys is guys in movies tend to, well, that's not true. I don't know. Some of our, the guys in comedies, the schlubby guys, tend okay. to have a sense of humor about yeah. themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I had a... One of my screenwriting mentors, this guy named David Diamond, who wrote The Family Man mm-hmm. with, uh, with Nicolas Cage. I love great, that movie. It's a great romantic and comedy. And you said a long time ago, like, I could get him on your podcast, and then I totally, like, dropped the ball on that. Do, a, do you think uh, he would come back on the podcast? I, 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 do you yeah, think? I, I don't know. That was five years ago. I know. Can I send him flowers? Can I, I just say? I, I don't know. But you he, know, I, I'll just say, I never met you, but you're the one. How but, about that? <laughs> oh, oh, falls into one of your categories. Right, exactly. <laughs> um... I don't. I don't know you, but I love you. Uh, <laughs> he 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 read a draft of it, and he said, "You got to be really careful with her." He goes because he goes. Listen, you could put Jack Nicholson in the first three minutes of a movie, throwing a dog down a garbage chute. Yes. He goes. You have her say one wrong thing. He goes. You've lost the audience for two hours. I, you know, it's wow. so horrible because we're so judgmental of women. You know, we're so hard on them, and I don't really know why, but we are. Yeah. The flip side of that is that we've seen Jack Nicholson for well, he was, 30 years. Yeah, he and was comically over the top. Yeah, and w- there's already sort of a, pr- uh, you know, uh, I'm trying to come up with the marketing term, like pre-awareness. It's pre-built in. We know who he is and what he does and that he had heart in, you know, 70 other movies. <laughs> but, 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 I mean, he's always played... Uh, uh, what we've always loved about him was his selfishness. And I think what we love about a lot of guys in bromances or in you know, male-driven rom-coms is their selfishness. They indulge in, in, they love what they love and they're not afraid to show it and do it and just have fun with it. And the reason Bridesmaids sort of hit for so many people was it was women, some of them were just being selfish. And that was funny, and they stayed likable because we were like, yeah, yeah, I, I know people like that. I kind of do that, too. Um, who was the, the heavy woman in that movie? Melissa Sons? McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy, my God, you know, so likably selfish. She takes nine dogs, you know? <laughs> <laughs> she owns three houses. She wants what she wants. She hits on a guy, like, without question, and she's so likable because... She's not apologetic about well, it. Well, we th- we felt empathy when she had diarrhea in the sink. Ah, uh, maybe that's why. <laughs> that's why. But I think it was the first time when we went like, oh, God, you know. It wasn't a turnoff. It was just fun. Well, she was funny, and she was going against type, and there was a, a freshness to her brashness. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so it made And she wasn't self-conscious up. about her looks or her weight or, you know, there was I, – I think maybe we were like, wow, that's great. That was kind of fun, right? Yeah. She's the Jack Black of that, of that movie. That's a, that's a great way to put it. So, so maybe we're, we're loosening up a little bit and we can enjoy women enjoying their passions a little bit more in features. We're definitely doing that in TV. Definitely with TV, like, there's a lot of celebration of, of female selfishness because women – Maybe watch a lot of TV. I don't know, but anyway, well, I'm, if you I'm saw, on my if you saw Haywire, again. also 
Oh uh, uh, yeah, Haywire was was fun. Celebrating women kicking ass. Could yeah, you, could use a better poster. I, really? What, okay, what was the poster like? The poster was like it almost it looked like an illustration of like somebody sitting on somebody else's back. I think like <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't really clear like. It was the fight with. Do you remember what the poster looks like? Very vaguely, to be honest. She had that habit of like throwing herself piggyback style at a guy and then bringing him down. Is that what it was? But that freeze frame might not be the sexiest (laughs) to put on a poster. I I don't. Yeah. Huh. Maybe. Maybe. Um, Nick, while we're blabbing, maybe bring up a um, a list of rom coms and we'll see like if any like like fall into these categories. Spin the wheel. Let's go for it. Spin the wheel and put them in categories. Let's see. Um, what are some of the other cliches, though, that you, you're tired of seeing that Ooh. you don't want in the movie that people submit to you? Oh, wow. We mentioned the airport thing, definitely. Um, yeah, the gay best friend. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. interesting how they avoided it in 500 Days of Summer, where like he confided in the 10-year-old. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. And she was kind of wiser than he was. Because you yeah. need an exposition doormat. You need somebody to talk to. But, yeah, the gay best friend... It it says, okay, that's not the best friend under her nose that she's going to end up with. We know that because he's sort of like out of the picture. That's why they make him the gay best friend. Um, he's kind of like a girlfriend. He can give the right advice, but he sort of evens out. Ooh, what is what is un, uh, br- broadcast news? What would that fall under? Would that fall under uh, unrequited love since Albert Brooks is in love oh, with her? Oh, I bet you're right. And also she's in love with... with Bill Hurt. Uh, right, and that's the wrong guy. You know, and ultimately... In a way, they don't even end up in a romantic entanglement with each other. It's not like you're – maybe that's why the movie's so good. They don't end up together. He expresses his love to her. She's dumped by William Hurt. Or I should say, no, she dumps him. She, she dumps Albert Brooks. She, no, she dumps William Hurt. Oh. Because what happens is, okay, she finds out that William Hurt has really been faking a, a news uh, story. With and the that's, tear. Right, and that's her line. Right, he crossed her career line. So in the end, she she sort of is, you know, just I don't know, has integrity. That's what so, she has. So, hmm. Albert well, Brooks has a friendship with her. Yeah, she has integrity, and nobody kisses. So okay, so maybe would that fall under Holly Hunter's story? Would that fall? What am I doing with him? No, but in a sort of professional way. I like the unrequited love thing, except it just has a different ending. Okay, you know, uh, they they all learn that the person they were pursuing was probably not right for them or this was not the right pursuit. But ultimately, Albert Brooks and Holly Hunter do not end up together, right. which would be the, the typical way to end that. Yeah. They stay friends. And he ends up with somebody else and has little Albert Brooksy-looking children. <laughs> That's right, he does. The little cur- curly yeah. hair, kids come out, all neurotic. What? what? I don't want to go on the playground. Um, well, oh, you know, I don't like the bet. There, there's certain. I think, I think there's going to be a new wave of romantic comedies. I don't like the bet. Like, I can bet I can turn him into an astronaut. I, that makes me crazy. And then somebody I, finds out this was a bet. You yeah. bet on our love. Oh yeah, I, I really, I really like, I really loathe thirty. 30 Ways to Lose a Guy or whatever that movie is called even though it made a bajillion dollars um, I don't like the movies where like they're lying to each other the whole movie right right and then at the end why you were lying to me no you were lying to me ma'am. and then they just run away but then they chase each other to the airport And but <laughs> you're supposed to rely on like one scene where they weren't that authentic with one another yes you know yeah um, God what I liked about was Knocked Up was the Knocked Up ended and you kind of felt like they could break up in a week <laughs> 
You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. you just kind of felt like, they're giving it a shot, but I'm not going to put it's any money down. It's not going to happen. You know, and I always, it was interesting, like, about that Knocked Up. There's not, and this is interesting, I don't know if this is purposeful or not purposeful, but there's not one scene where she looks at him and goes, okay, I can see how I can love him. There's mm-hmm. not that one scene where you can see her go, okay. Yeah, he's better than I thought he was. But that's not in there. No, it is in there. She's it she's is. with Le- Leslie Mann and they're he's playing with children. Mm. That's always the scene uh, when men play real. with children. Oh, I just I, spit all over you. I'm sorry. No, sorry. No, that's okay. It's like a romantic comedy. Yeah. You were so <laughs> flustered in front of my handsomeness. That's um. right. It was adorable when I spit, right? No, but <laughs> she's really she's still a little doubtful in that scene. And then Leslie Mann says, He's playing fetch with my kids. Ah. Uh, <laughs> She's still she's still on the fence in that scene. Okay. She still has that look like mm, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. I can see the crack of his ass. <laughs> I, I think you can in that scene. Did did you uh, yeah, bring up some, some Nick? Here. Okay, let's go. Okay, so so right. Nick, we so, got uh, seventeen best rom- romantic comedies of the two thousand. Seventeen best romantic okay. comedies of two thousands. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna put Nick on the. The yeah, mic, needs to be and then you can, yeah, yeah. All right, here we go. Okay, sounding good. Uh, waitress. Hmm. Uh, okay. <laughs> Science of Sleep. What? Uh, Ghost Town. Science of Sleep. Uh, this is a list of movies that no one has seen. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen Science of Sleep. Are these are really the most popular romantic comedies of the 2000s? <laughs> where, where did these come from? Uh, the most but obscure are, indie romantic really comedy... <laughs> But you know Play. what? These all have a fresh take and actually That's are true. really good because they don't fall into a conventional model. No, we're here, we're going, we're Ghost going. Town is a good one. Ghost Town is the romantic comedy in 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 the ether world, like defending your life. Oh, I didn't know that. I've never seen Ghost that. Ghost Town is good. We got keep going. Oh, keep uh, going. Bruce Jones' diary. Get, get closer. 40-year-old virgin. Oh, 40-year-old virgin? Uh, Vicky Cristina Barcelona. That's the Woody I Allen still one. haven't seen that. Lars and the Real Girl. I Ooh. love that movie. Yeah. Now, would that be, is it a romantic comedy with him and the doll? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. Or is it, yeah. Oh, oh, but him and the, the, the other girl, small girl, small town girl, who uh, kind of has a crush on him. Okay, okay. So after he breaks up with the doll. This is a good list. Okay, um, keep going. About a Boy. About a Boy that's was a, great. That's a good Ooh. one. Yeah. Juno. Yes. Knocked up, mm-hmm. sideways. Mm-hmm. Uh, punch drunk, drunk love. I love that one. Not I, really funny though. No, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, high fidelity. Okay. Wally. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amelie. Mm-hmm. Before sunset. No, boring. Wow. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. Uh, Eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's another no, interesting. Which one is that? Um, With. That, would that be... Uh, You're perfect for me, but you erased me. <laughs> <laughs> that might be it. You're that, perfect for th- me right now. Actually, it's interesting. Well, that, that's like three different movies in one. Yeah. So it kind of falls into I Never Met You, But You're the One. Oh, right. Yeah. right. It, it falls into that one. Yeah. Um, it falls under Unrequited Love sure. yep. a bit. It falls into I don't like you but I love you it, it falls into a few of them but but again I think that's like it's almost like he chopped up romantic comedies and just put them in a blender and for some reason it, it, it all works 
Yeah. Um, and was that it? Uh, yeah. I think that's the end of the list. <clears throat> that is an awesome list, actually, because it has that indie sensibility with that sort of rom-com appeal. Yeah. Um, and it'd probably be a great list for people to follow. And you just found that just randomly right now? You uh, went to Bing? Uh, uh, yeah, Paste. Okay. Uh, um, so was it Yahoo Answers? PasteMagazine.com. PasteMagazine.com. I still don't think Waitress is number one, though. Yeah, well, Waitress was somebody's favorite, and they threw it in. It's like, it's you know... Somebody else is going to put in Muriel's wet wedding too. What, you know? what does Pilar? What does forty-year-old version fall under? Is, ah. is that one? What am I doing with her? I think that's the big plan. Is that the big plan? Yeah. To yeah. get him to lose his virginity. Right. Oh, yeah. Right, right. He's got to get laid. Yeah. This is a fun game. <laughs> this is a fun game. This is better than the Super Bowl, which is happening today that none of us are watching right now, right? Okay, maybe not. Well, um, guys, I actually have to wrap this up because we have uh, some some other guests coming, but we're going to take. Your advertisement, your poster for uh, looking for writers for your romantic comedy. I'm going to put it on the on the page Facebook page. Okay. And uh, I do urge people to go to it and to get in touch with David and uh, to be a really good writer. You have to be a good good writer. Um, and uh, thinking anything else? Anything else you want people to go to? Your Launder Media site. No, I have a blog called Dating Daredevil. See, you do have a blog. I do. You were lying before. <laughs> I wasn't lying. You know how you feel about lying? <laughs> this is this. Of, oh. You lied to how me. How dare you? I love you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's Maybe your blog? Maybe I just forgot. <laughs> what's your blog, David? It's just datingdaredevil.com. Datingdaredevil.com. Great. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it, it, it chronicles my misadventures. In uh, dating in Los Angeles, is, is pay involved in this screenwriting gig? And yes, it, there is. Is it as much as you offer the dates? Yeah, uh, there is. No, yeah, there there is pay, but but you know it would it would have to be discussed. Sure. And, you know, some people have come to me going, "I need twenty thousand dollars." I'm like, "You don't even have a produced credit." Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, so it, it's I guess a sliding scale on you know where you're at and what you've done and how good you are. That and, makes you know, sense. That you makes know, sense. But, you know, maybe I would just pay somebody to, you know, come up with some ideas and maybe i pay somebody to come up with a treatment. Or maybe you take a freaking class, David uh, Kessler, come to class, get your ass in the seat, put the computer in front of you and write your own thing. How about I think, that? How about I think that? I've <laughs> discovered what my skill set is. Oh, I so think wrong. I think it might run closer to producer than actual writer. Okay. I, I have permission to keep beating you up about yeah, okay. it. Okay. Um, I love you. I, <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> I don't like you, but I love you. Exactly. Um, uh, Lawrence, do yeah. you have any anything you want people to go to? Um, are you Not tweeting yet. these days? Not do much. Okay. I will be. All right. Me when too. when I this get short is it. done, I'll be letting you all know about that. Okay. Sure. Nick, anything that you wanna you wanna promote? Um. Uh. No. Not really. Uh. No. Not yet. The answer would be no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I just hit myself. Karma. Instant karma for beating us. She hit herself with the mic. That was so ro- that was so mic. romantic comedy. Like the beautiful girl who who needs to like fall and stumble to, to know that she's human. That story beat is so overdone. It, yeah. it goes into my list of let's let's not see that. The hot girl who trips as she walks into the party. Exactly. Yeah. Before I do any more damage, um, I also want to remind people to go to onthepage.tv or onthepageonline.com. Um, remember the donate button on the uh, podcast uh, page. And the rewrite class that is right around the corner in March. Aren't you moderating something at the Oh, God, yeah, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> you do not want to plug this? I'll probably plug it on the next podcast, okay. but I am, um, I am moderating a, a, a panel of writers like MWP 
published writers, you know, and uh, we're going to be talking about Oscars. And what happened was they asked me if I wanted to be on it. I was like, yeah, yeah. And then they asked me, they're like, good, do you want to moderate it? I was like, <laughs> okay. So <laughs> Is that the writer's store? That's at the writer's store. I better get the I date for I it, but it I think it's February 25th or something like that. Go check it out. Where I think your book might be. Where my book it might be. I'm pretty bad at this, aren't I? I'm terrible. <laughs> I need a poster. He's doing my job. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, go check that out, Writer Store, end of February. And everybody out there, thank you for listening. Have a happy Valentine's Day. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, David. Thank you, Lawrence. And have a good writing week. 